Thank you so much, Pastor. Well, I got my uh, nice hot tea and my little throat spray. It's a little dry up here. You know, I'm, I'm from uh, Georgia. We've got a lot of humidity down there. So anyway, it's such a pleasure uh, and honor to be with you. Uh, as Pastor Joel said, we've been in relationship with the housing family for many years and also uh, shared in the, in the journey and history of this church. I love to see when generations take a God-appointed vision and, uh, you know, progress it forward. Amen. So it was wonderful to see you. I know many of you I've known for, for a long time. Some of you may be relatively new to, to the church, but it's once again a pleasure to be with you. I was thinking uh, uh, as I was meditating about this particular service, I, I was reflecting about a word that came forth in 2019 for your pastors and subsequently for you. Uh, when I uh, give a word by the Spirit of God, I endeavor to get uh, either a recording or a transcript and make sure that I make a record of it so that I can be prayerful over it and then also uh, watch its fulfillment. Uh, and so just, you know, looking where we are uh, presently here uh, today in this beautiful facility, I wanted to share this with you back in 2019. Uh, you can turn me down a little bit because I'm feeding back in this monitor. Uh, so said, now the road that lies before you, and this was speaking to you, though uncharted from a natural perspective is securely in my hand and it will uh, unfold step by step before you as you follow my path and my plan. So stay steady on the journey as it has been, it will continue to be. I will strengthen, I will guide, I will sustain and supply thee. And though the path seems somewhat uphill and challenging at times to plow, uh, things will soon level out as you turn a corner now. And you'll begin to operate with a steady rhythm and pace, and things that you've been praying about will fall into place. And so shall you and those with you possess the fullness of the land that God has prepared. And your testimony will be, it all came to pass just as we believed and declared. And here we are. Praise God. <laughs> and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. Amen. So uh, we love once again to see what God is doing, and I believe that uh, if the Lord tarries, we're going from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith, as it has been and as it is, so it will continue to be. Can you say amen? So you're a part of a wonderful thing here. Uh, this morning, uh, I want to share something with you that was particularly uh, impressed in my spirit to share. You know, I don't make it uh, a habit necessarily to... Uh, listen to a multiplicity of voices. You know, at the beginning of the year, uh, many people seem to have words, and, and there are some good ones, and then there's a bunch of nonsense also. <laughs> so I always attempt to just, uh, you know, set myself aside to listen personally. But I do want to share something with you that was brought to my attention uh, from uh, my daughter. You know, as a member of the body of Christ, how many of you know that's who we are? Uh, we are the body of Christ. That means we're a very powerful, sustaining, preserving uh, presence in this earth. Uh, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17, actually, it says, As he, Christ, is, so are we in this world. So that means that we are fearless as he is. 
We are fearless. We are unconquerable. We are unmovable. We are victorious. And as uh, uh, Paul said in 2 Timothy 1 and 12 in the latter part of the verse, we are persuaded or we are convinced that he is able to keep all that we have placed in his hands safe and secure until the fullness of his appearing. Can you say amen? So thinking about uh, sharing a particular word with you, my daughter is, uh, uh, subscribes to several ministries and so forth. And she uh, brought something to my attention at the end of December. How many of you are familiar with Rick Renner? Anyone familiar with Rick Renner? You may or may not be. Uh, Rick Renner is uh, a wonderful man of God. He has a proven track record, you know, 45 years of ministry. He's a Greek and Hebrew scholar. He's well-versed in scripture. He's someone that I do have confidence in. As I say, I don't listen to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Are you with me? But when someone is reputable and you have a sense of confidence, and more than that, it resonated in my spirit. So I want to share it with you. You may have already heard it, but I want to share with you some things that uh, he said concerning this coming year. Uh, The context was he and his wife, Denise, were on a flight. They were headed to a particular destination. And uh, he said, as they were en route, he had purposed in his heart uh, to listen, perhaps, uh, to the Holy Spirit regarding any particular word or leading he may have uh, to share with the body of Christ or the people that he may minister to, his friends and partners likewise. So he said, in route, all of a sudden, uh, the uh, pilot came on and he said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, We will arrive safely, but there's going to be some turbulence ahead. He said, so we need you to stay seated and keep your seatbelts fastened. He said, immediately upon hearing those words, the Spirit of God spoke to him uh, these words. And he said, the year of 2024 will be visited with turbulent episodes across the entire globe. Now, an episode, as you well know, if you watch television or, or just the general meaning, is an event or a series of event events that are a part of an overall sequence. How many of you know we're in the end time sequence? And there's some episodes occurring. And so the Spirit of God said there will be turbulent episodes across the entire globe, especially in the realm of finances, politics, and among the nations. These episodes will be of a sort that could potentially cause those who are not rooted in God's Word to be deeply disturbed. But for those who stay in faith, in peace, in love, in fellowship, and continue sowing their seed for the sake of eternity, they will experience a supernatural power that will cause them to be unmoved, unshaken, well provided for, and to walk in a, in a much needed sense of divine assurance, divine peace, divine power, and divine and supernatural victory. Yes, those who stay in faith, in peace, in love, in fellowship, and continue sowing their seeds. For the sake of eternity, they will be blessed. 
They will be empowered. They will be joy-filled and sustained. And they will miraculously thrive even if the world around them is tossed with a tempest. Now, how many of you know when God speaks to us as members of the body of Christ through appointed vessels, uh, giving us insight into the times and seasons and potentially things to come, that he does not do it to instill in us a sense of fear or uncertainty or to get us on the defensive, right? He does it to bring an awareness, right? So uh, that we incline ourselves more intently to the Father's leading, his presence, his word. Are you with me? Uh, So that our decisions, our paths, uh, our directives are more accurately influenced uh, by him and we're making uh, the right plans. Are you with me? So that we can remove, uh, remain in a position where we are, as spoken, unmoved, unshaken, well provided for, and where we walk with a sense of divine assurance, divine peace, power, and are sustained supernaturally in victory, even if the world is in great turmoil. Are you with me this morning? <clears throat> so isn't it wonderful to know that no matter what may unfold, In this world, in 2024, you and I are safe in the hands of God. Isaiah 41 and 10, what did God say? He said, fear not, I'm with you. Be not dismayed, I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then again, Proverbs 10 and 25 The Bible says the wicked are blown away by every stormy wind. But when a catastrophe comes, the lovers of God have a secure anchor. How many of you are lovers of God? (laughs) Amen. So, Brother Marty, in light of that word, what is your personal expectation in 2024? Well, My personal expectation, and I hope it will be likewise yours, is to be blessed, empowered, joy-filled, sustained, and miraculously thrive even if the world around me is in great turmoil. How is that objective and expectation going to be fulfilled? Just like the Word said. (laughs) How's it going to be realized? By staying in faith, in peace, in love, in fellowship, and continuing to sow our seed for the sake of eternity. Anybody with me? Now listen, all of these things will be important, but the one I want to emphasize this morning specifically is staying in faith. And even more uh, specifically, is maintaining a very strong sense of trust and confidence in God. Are you with me? So, Jesus in Mark eleven twenty two, you know these verses well. He began with these simple words, have faith in God. Uh, the modern English translation says, take hold of God's faithfulness, right? 
So the distinguishing factor of our religion, Christianity, from all the other religions of the world is that our religion uh, is not based solely or exclusively uh, upon methodology or principle or code, but our religion is based upon a relationship with a living person, God Almighty, through his son, Jesus Christ. And so as a Christian, it isn't merely what I believe, although that is essential, but equally important is who I believe in. So Jesus said, have faith in God. This word faith uh, in the New Testament is derived from the Old Testament word trust, and it comes from the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. And it means to put your trust in a person or thing. So our trust quite naturally is in God. Sometimes, even as Christians, our focus in life Our perspectives, our preoccupations, they can become misdirected because of all the negativity that is in this world, all the multiplicity of voices that are constantly speaking, uh, the potential uncertainties of the future. And if we're not careful, uh, we can forget who we are. And I think even more specifically, whose we are. And so we need to remind ourselves uh, continually and particularly now who we are is the body of Christ, our position in the earth, and we need to remind ourselves to whom we belong. And so uh, Jesus said, have faith in God, trust him. Quite naturally, you know, it's impossible to have any strong sense of degree of confidence or trust in a person that we do not know. That's why we say Bible knowledge is critical to faith because it unveils a revelation of the one that we're trusting. So this morning, once again, I just want to share with you a few aspects of God's person, his nature, his position, his power, right? So that we have a firm uh, foundation uh, from which to build our trust. Anybody with me? And so that we can understand who it is that we're trusting, what we mean to him, and how passionately devoted he is to our well-being. You know, in theology, we refer to God as omnipotent, right? That means he is all-powerful. We say God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. We say he is omnipresent. He is everywhere at all times. And although each of these adjectives are characteristic of his person, I think it's very important to remember that as far as you and I are concerned, God at the core of his being is a father. And he loves his kids. You and I realize as believers in Christ uh, that we have been given the rights to sonship. 1 John chapter 4, excuse me, 5 and 1, 1 John 5 and 1, what does the Bible say? Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ 
is born of God. How many of you believe Jesus is the Christ? Congratulations. You've been born of God, which means, uh, by definition, when someone is born of someone, they've been brought forth in the nature and the likeness of the one that conceived them. We've been brought forth in the nature and the likeness of our Heavenly Father. And as a result, we have a family relationship. That's why Galatians 4, 6 and 7 says... Because your sons, and of course, uh, that's an inclusive term, ladies. Because your sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. In the Greek, that's an affectionate term, actually uh, denoting Papa or Daddy. Wherefore, you're no longer a slave, you're a son, And if a son, then you're an heir of God through Christ. So this is the relationship that you and I share with God Almighty. He is a father to us. And he loves us with an everlasting love. He isn't some austere or remote entity. He isn't, as some describe him, merely the great mind of the cosmos. (laughs) Although he certainly is. But once again, for you and for me, those who have been born into his family, he is a loving heavenly father and he is deeply devoted to his children. Praise God. What a privilege and what an honor. Everybody say, God is my father and he loves me. You know, as a child, you instinctively trust your parents. Unless, of course, through time and action, they've proven themselves to be untrustworthy. But generally speaking, as a child, you instinctively trust your parents. The same reality holds true for every child of God. It is innate within the heart of every Christian to trust Him. But did you know understanding who He is, the position He holds, The power he possesses, the relationship that we share, all of these things contribute, having a knowledge of them, contribute to a a more firm foundation uh, for that trust uh, to be developed. So that's why we're looking at these things. You know, I didn't tell anybody what I was ministering this morning, and yet they sang about the very thing I'm about to read. I love that. Talking about who is our Heavenly Father. Well, this particular passage in Revelation 4, 1 through 11, uh, gives us a very vivid glimpse into the power and the position that our Heavenly Father occupies. Are you ready? John, of course, being caught up in the Spirit and having a, a vision, he got a glimpse of these things. Mind if I wet my whistle one more time? I'm just casual. I hope that's okay. (laughs) Then suddenly, after I wrote down these messages, I saw a heavenly portal open before me. And the same trumpet voice I heard speaking with me at the beginning broke the silence and said, Ascend into this realm. I want to reveal to you what must happen after this. Instantly, I was taken into the spirit realm, and behold, I saw a heavenly throne set in place. 
and someone seated upon it. His appearance was sparkling like crystal and glowing like a carnelian gemstone surrounding the throne was a circle of green light like an emerald rainbow. Encircling the great throne were 24 thrones and elders in glistening white garments seated upon them, each wearing a golden crown of victory and pulsing from the throne were blinding flashes of lightning, crashes of thunder and voices and burning before the throne are seven blazing torches, which represent the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne, there was a pavement like a crystal sea of glass. And around the throne and on each side stood four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature resembled a lion, the second an ox. The third had a human face and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of the four living creatures had six wings uh, full of eyes all around under their wings. Guys, Heaven's going to blow your mind. (laughs) There's things there we've never thought of, never conceived of, never seen. Woo! They worshiped without ceasing day and night, singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the was, the is, and the coming. And whenever the living creatures gave glory, honor, and thanks to the one who's enthroned and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell face downward before the one seated on the throne and they worshiped the one who lives forever and ever. And they surrendered their crowns before the throne singing, you are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, power, for you created all things and by your plan, they were created and exist. Wow. Heaven is a real place. God's throne is there. He's seated upon it. Are you with me? And I'm not talking about Star Wars. I'm talking about reality. He has all power. He has all dominion. The psalmist said in Psalm 103, 19, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. All means all. There's none above him. There's none beside him. There's none before him. He alone is God. I love Psalm 86 and verse 10. The psalmist said, you are the one and the only God. What miracles. What wonders. What greatness belong to you. Brother Marty, what about all of the ungodliness that is arising in our society? What about all the total disregard For God's rule, his reign, his righteousness, his word among the nations. What are we going to do? Well, if I were you, I wouldn't be overly concerned about it. Now, that doesn't mean we become passive. 
We are the light. We are the salt. We contend for righteousness. But it's very important, once again, as a believer and as a member of the body of Christ, as one in relationship with Almighty God, that we keep the proper perspective. And we see the perspective here in Psalm chapter 2, 1 through 4. How dare the nations plan a rebellion? Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the power brokers of the world rise up to hold their summit. As the rulers scheme and confer together against Yahweh and his anointed king saying, let's come together. Let's break away from the Creator. Once and for all, let's cast off these controlling chains of God and His Christ. God enthroned merely laughs at them. (laughs) The Sovereign One mocks their madness. Verse 10, Listen to me, all you rebel kings and you upstart judges of the earth. Learn your lesson while there's still time. Serve and worship the awe-inspiring God. Recognize his greatness. Bow before him trembling with reverence in his presence. Fall face downward before him and kiss the sun before his anger is roused against you. Remember, his wrath can be quickly kindled, but many blessings are waiting for all who will turn aside and hide themselves in him. Whoa, that's me and you. Amen. All I'm saying is now's the time to make sure you're on the right team. (laughs) Whoa. I'm talking about putting our trust in God this morning. By understanding the relationship that we share and the position that he holds. Anybody with me? Now, referring back to this prophetic word that came forth, uh, where the word of the Lord said there's going to be some turbulent episodes, particularly uh, in the realm of finances, politics, and among the nations. It's comforting to me, and I hope it will likewise be comforting to you, To know that no matter what circumstances may unfold economically, in the stock market, in the housing uh, market, that our Father has an unlimited supply and He's well able to take care of us. You know, the Bible says He makes rivers in the desert, waters in dry places. Psalm 24 and verse 1, the Bible says, The earth is whose? The Lord's. And the fullness thereof. Uh, One translation, the Moffat says, The earth belongs to the eternal one and all that the earth holds. I love Psalm 50. Uh, It's kind of humorous. Uh, Verses 10 through 12, Asaph speaking by the spirit of prophecy, God speaking through him. Notice this is God's affirmation. He said, Every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountain and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Listen to this. If I were hungry, I would not tell you the world is mine and all of its fullness. <laughs> Haggai chapter 2 and verse 8, I just want you to know he's well resourced. 
Haggai 2 and 8, the silver's mine, he said. The gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. So, you know, in my household, I'm the sole provider. I pay for the house, the car, the clothes, the food, everything. But did you know that my wife, my mother-in-law, my two kids, my dog, they live in it, they eat it, they wear it, they drive it, and they don't pay for any of it. Why? Because they're equal sharers of the household. What belongs to daddy belongs to the family. And I am well uh, uh, overjoyed to be a blessing to my family. Well, if I'm natural and know how to do that, the Bible says, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those that ask Him? Amen. So, He's well-resourced, well-equipped, and he is happy to share it with the family. Can you say amen? Everybody say, God's my father. He's the supreme ruler of this universe. Come on. He's all-powerful. He has all dominion, all authority, unlimited resources, and he'll take care of me. Amen. Now, how many of you know, I know this is a simple message this morning, but it's in preparation. I want you to be able to reflect as the year unfolds, okay? How many of you know as a father, he's good? I know you know that, but it's good to see it. How do you know he's good, Brother Marty? Because the Bible tells me so. In uh, Psalm 34 and verse 8, notice, Oh, taste and see, the Lord is good. And notice, blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman who puts their trust in him. Here's another good one, Nahum 1 and 7. The Lord is good, and he's a stronghold in the day of trouble. Notice it doesn't say he is the cause of my trouble. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who put their trust in him. He knows your name. He knows your number. He knows your address. Woo! Here's a New Testament scripture. James 1, 16 and 17. James said, Do not be deceived. What, that, what does that mean? Don't make an error in your judgment of God. Don't allow your life's experiences uh, to formulate your opinion of Him. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights uh, in Him or with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. So, This is a very essential foundation of our faith as a believer. It's imperative that you and I know and believe God is good. He is always my answer. He's never my problem. He's always my antidote. He's never the poison. And so in all the situations and circumstances of life, we realize we're living in a degenerative world. 
We have a world with the presence of Satan and sin. We understand that we're also uh, in the culminating time of this particular dispensation and things are going to begin to unfold. But what do we do? We look to God. Because why? He's our helper. He's our strength. He's the one in whom we trust. He's our refuge. Right? Psalm 91, 14. Here's a good scripture. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I'll answer. I'll be with them in trouble. I'll rescue and honor them. Everybody say, God's good. All the time. Here's another attribute of his nature. Your pastor uh, kind of honed on in it. Uh, honed in on it. There you go. And that is God is merciful. How many of you know what mercy is? Mercy in its simplest form is love above what justice demands. Love above what justice demands. Uh, and aren't you glad, as Pastor said, the Bible says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Sometimes people feel as though they've made so, so many mistakes. Uh, there's no way that they could be in God's good graces or uh, expect Him to help them again out of their situation. But you know He'll do it again. <laughs> Because he loves us. Amen. And he's merciful. How do you know he's merciful? Well, I've experienced it. But also, the Bible tells me. Psalm 86 and verse 5. For you, O Lord, you're good. But what else? Somebody tell me. Ready to forgive. Really? That's his posture? Ready to forgive. Abundant in mercy. To all those who call upon you. Here's another good one. Hey, I'm just letting the word speak for itself. Don't you love the word of God? You can take that home with you. Psalm 103, 8 and 12. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to anger. Abundant in mercy. He will not always strive with us. Do you know what that means actually in the Hebrew? Strive. It means uh, finding fault. So God is not nitpicking our faults. He doesn't treat us like we treat others. Thank God. Right? Nor will he keep his anger forever. He's not dealt with us according to our sins or punished us according to our iniquities. As the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. How did he do that? Through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad to know that we're in relationship with Almighty God through Jesus Christ and He has cleansed us from all unrighteousness? And the Bible says He will not remember our sins. For those of us who have received the gift of righteousness and salvation through Christ, whoo, that's some good news. Woo! And did you know that's His desire for every person? person on the planet 
to receive that mercy, to receive that grace, to receive salvation. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians uh, 5 and 19, in, in the Amplified Bible, really brings it home. It said, God was personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. Now watch this, not counting up or holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them. Woo! And has given us the ministry or the message of reconciliation. Guys, we got a job to do, and we've got to do it quickly. Are you with me? Uh, Eric, give me just a little bit more uh, in this monitor. Not much, but just a little, so I can hear just a little bit better. we got to do it quickly. You know, the Lord speaks to me uh, quite often, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, which are utterances by the Spirit. Perfect, thank you. Utterances by the Spirit uh, in a known language most often. It could be tongues and interpretation, but many times it's just by the Spirit of prophecy uh, in, a, in a known tongue, which you can read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But uh, in the not-too-distant past, uh, the Word of the Lord came to me talking about getting this out. And he said, uh, I don't know where I was in a service, but he said, the door that now stands open will soon begin to close. As with swiftness and acceleration, this final season goes. And yet there is a remnant that still must enter in. And once they've taken their place in the kingdom, the time of sorrows will begin. So listen carefully to the Spirit, for He speaks of things to come. And let your hearts be strengthened and the Father's will be done by being mindful of His presence in every step you take and by staying filled with the Spirit and impact in the lives of many you will make. And His presence will overtake you. And God's glory men will see. And Jesus will be glorified in you and in me. And I'm going to talk to you about that tonight. So you need to come back if you can. All righty. And then we'll pray about it. But the time's short. We got to tell them about the mercy and the goodness of God. Two more and I'm done. Talking about the one in whom our faith rests. He's good. He's merciful. And how many of you know he's faithful? Friends, God has never failed you nor me. It doesn't matter what uh, uh, may uh, the circumstances may appear to have been. Uh, sometimes we may have unrealistic expectations based upon our plans, our purposes, our timetables. Uh, but you can always count on the fact God has never failed. Okay? And he never will. Right? How do you know he's faithful? The Bible tells me. And have I experienced it personally? 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful by whom you were called under the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Here's another one, 2 Thessalonians 3.3. 3. The Lord is faithful. He's what? He's trustworthy. He's dependable. Remember that this year. You can count on him. You can trust him. He will establish you. He will guard you uh, and keep you from the evil one. Here's another good one. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. If you've got a promise in this scripture, you can stand on it. 
He's not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it or spoken? And will he not make it good? Woo! Everybody say he's faithful. One more this morning, finally. God is steadfast and unchanging. Hello? God is steadfast and unchanging. I'll let you know, okay? Don't play yet, but if I need you, I'll let you know. Hallelujah. James 1 and 17 says, Every good gift... Now watch, we've already read this, but notice, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. What does that tell us? God is is uh, unchanging. There's no variation. What that means is James is referring to the day when God set the constellations, the stars, uh, the, the, the sun, the moon in their place. And he said, you know, the sun may rise and the sun may set. The constellations may shift and change. But God, in his person, in his position, in his power, in his goodness, in his mercy, in his faithfulness. He never rises and sets. He's always constant. He's always there. He's not moody like you and I. You don't come in and say, Father, and you say, I'm sorry, I don't have time for you today. I got a thousand other people calling my name. <laughs> Are you with me? Woo! He's there. He's constant. He's reliable. The Bible says in Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord. I do not change. I said all of this this morning to simply encourage you as a believer, as a member of Impact uh, Family Church or Impact Life Church. I'll get it. I go to so many churches, I get all the names confused. Impact Life. As we begin to navigate this year, I want you to remember who you are. You're a member of the body of Christ. You're a child of God. And I want you to remember to whom you belong. And I want you to know and remember the one in whom your faith rests. Remember I said to you when the pilot first came on, he spoke these words, We will arrive safely. Okay, that was the natural pilot. Well, we can say the same thing. <laughs> we will arrive safely. But he said, look, I need you to stay seated and keep your seatbelts fastened. So what are we going to do? We're going to stay seated. Where? In our seat. In heavenly places. Seated in heavenly places in Christ. Far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, we're going to keep our seat of dominion. We're going to keep our seat of authority. And we're going to keep our seat belts fastened. What you mean? We're going to stay in love, in peace, in joy, in divine assurance, and we're going to stay full of faith. In whom? In God. Who is he? He's your father. He's the supreme ruler of the universe. 
He has absolute power, dominion, and authority. There's none above him, beside him, or before him. He alone is God. He has unlimited resources. He's good, he's merciful, he's faithful, and he's unchanging. And every single one of us can count on him. Are you with me? Brother Marty, you going into the year fearful? Absolutely not. I'm going in with my shoulders back, knowing the one in whom I have believed. And if there are episodes, which there probably will be, it bears witness with my spirit across this globe, we're going to be fine. Amen. We're going to stick together. We're going to speak the word. We're going to believe the word. And we're going to trust God. Can everybody say amen? Woo! Now, I normally like to run around, jump the pews, get happy. If you've been around long enough and you've seen us minister, we do that. But today was a little different, okay? Because I needed to give you that word, all right? Now, now I want you just to bow our head for a moment here. Because I, I, I sense an unction of the Spirit. And uh, I just want to give Him place for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise your holy name. I hear the Spirit saying, I have appointed you to this city, this region, this nation, and this place to be a light shining in the midst of darkness to be a manifestation of my love and my power and my grace for there are many who walk in darkness and they have not eyes to see the things that are coming and the things that will be but when all that they embrace is shaken to the core, then their hearts that once were closed and hardened, they'll become an open door. And then you must speak with boldness the message that you carry to proclaim so that their souls might be saved and delivered from death when they call upon my name. For I have not forgotten my promise and my intention for this nation, which has been prophesied in days of old. There will be a great and final harvest as it has been spoken and foretold. So arise now with great determination and do not fear and do not relent. But apprehend the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and accomplish the mandate for which you've been raised up and for which You've been sent. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands to Him. 
Let's pledge ourselves. Father, we hear you. We respond to you. We rest under the shadow of your almighty wing. We will, as a church and as a people, fulfill our commission. (laughs) And we anticipate a supernatural victorious year in Christ. And we thank you for it. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. I sure love you. I'm excited for what's ahead for you as a church. It's going to be a good year. There are going to be some challenges, but we're going to come out and come through victoriously. Amen. Pastor, I'm going to turn it back to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.